Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In seconds. Unbelievable! And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We are live. Um, AB producing a live show like it's 2018. Woo! B-turn in a hotel in Oklahoma City. Um, but we've got a big night, and we've got news we want to share and I want to see, I want to, you know, I wanted to try and give more people time to trickle in as we go. Um, but I guess a couple things we can catch them up. First thing, if you're watching, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. This is our new uh, YouTube channel. This is where all our new episodes are going to be going to. So, I mean, we got to over 100 last night, which was awesome. B-Turn did his thing, putting in work and other people subscribing. So it was great, but we got to keep that going because this is where our new episodes are going to be going. Also, so the, the bigger news is that we're going back out on our own. We're going independent. We're doing our own thing. It's like the old days. We're sitting around AB's grandma's kitchen table, mm-hmm. drinking Hennessy with Jeff Graves. Like <laughs> the old days are back and we are going to start we're gonna. We don't. We don't want to say what all we're gonna do, but we have plans. We want to do more. We want to do more. We want to put out better content. Um, we want to get more creative, and uh, this is where you're gonna find that. That and when we release the new uh, podcast feed, too. That's the big thing. Also, eventually, we're gonna have to hammer that out and get you all to to resubscribe. So we are juiced. We're excited. Feels like a, a new era of the pod, even though last era was great. But we got a new one. Um, boys, AB, you're so locked in. It's like you're back in your 2018-year-old brain. Year old. How you doing? How you feeling? <laughs> I'm so excited, guys. Like, I just miss the uh, the creativity aspect of it and making a new intro that's going to sound very similar with a new little clip in there and setting up the little video thing that we've never done before on our own. Uh, it feels like, I don't know, like we're starting over again in a way. Like we do have to rebuild everything, which is fine. We can do that. That's what makes me excited for it. Um, mm-hmm. But it just, it kind of feels good to just, you know, be back with the three boys whatever we want to do, whenever we want to do. Uh, so I'm excited for it. Hey, and let's clarify real quick. We're, the intro is making a comeback. Yes, AB's been cooking. The intro is coming in, but we can't do it on YouTube, we don't think. We think we'll get kicked off. Now, keep in mind, we are absolute idiots when it comes to this, so it's going to take us the time to figure all this out. But we're pretty sure you can't throw the hum on YouTube, but we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. We'll test things out. Uh, but B-Turn, how are you feeling? And by the way, oh, did we just lose B-Turn? We just lost B-Turn. Well, I guess he's not feeling great. He's hopping back on. Here he is. There's the <laughs> I, guy. I New era. It just like paused and stopped, and now I'm here. I was gone for a second. I don't know what you <laughs> asked me. Um, but, yeah, obviously excited, super motivated. I think we've learned a lot throughout the four years that we've done this. The new intro, yes, people are asking about it. We get to add a little clip from the 2022 national title that they won against UNC. 
Heard they were down, what, 15 at halftime? Came back and won. So Roughly. Really excited. Um, hopefully pumping some content for you guys. A lot of a lot of you have rocked with us from the beginning, and it's amazing. And I love it. Love seeing yeah. you guys at tailgates and stuff like that. So we want to give you guys elite content. I hope you guys stick with us. Um, hopefully interview a bunch of players, maybe do some stuff at games. Just We want to get really creative. KU is the best basketball program in the country, really good at football. They have an elite coaching staff. So I think we have the opportunity to be insanely good at both sports. They're elite at volleyball too. Um, so we'll do some volleyball episodes. Um, nah, I, yeah. don't. I, I, I know nothing about volleyball. We, so. um, but yeah, I, we, if Lance stays, obviously we expect him to, I think KU is going to be one of the better programs in the big 12 for a while. Kansas basketball probably forever will be elite, but especially as Bill Self's here, we talked earlier how he has like four or five All-Americans just over the last four years, if you're going to count Kev and Hunter this year. So there's like multiple eras where Bill Self has just been like the elite, most elite coach in the country. Um, so we're super pumped about both sports. We want to give you guys a ton of content. I hope you guys subscribe to the channel. And we love yes. KU fans. They're elite. And, yeah, we just we want to do a bunch of content. If you're if you're just tuning into the live, subscribe, subscribe. Tell your grandma, tell your aunt, tell your uncle, tell your siblings. We got to grow this page. We got to get this going. So please do that. And by the way, I saw a couple comments about KCSN. We are we love those guys. We totally love KCSN. This was a very we nothing against them at all. We just wanted to kind of be back to our old days, um, get back to our roots. Let let AB just absolutely cook when he, uh, you know, we've all seen AB in his, in his, uh, at his form is when he is preparing an intro or editing a podcast or video. So he's back. He's more locked in than ever. So tonight we've got, I mean, it was hilarious because we were like, uh, what should we do for the first show? We were like, we got to get something out this week before uh, the Missouri game. I've heard rumblings that uh, Missouri's coming to town this weekend, and we had to get something out. So we've got a B-turn being the legend he is, who just the connections this guy has is outrageous. We've now, so far, we've got Tyshawn Taylor. He's a reoccurring guest. He's our guy. Uh, Tyrell Reed, been on one time. He's making an appearance tonight. Greg Gurley's gonna hop in tonight. We've he he's a fun time as always, but we also B turn from the clouds snags Christian Brown, national mm -hmm. champion, NBA champion. He's coming on the pod at some point tonight. I think right around eight thirty. Is that right, B turn? Yep, it's at eight thirty. I'm not I'm not sure how long the episode with Ty or the segment with Tyshawn or Tyrell are gonna go, but I'm super pumped to talk to those guys. Obviously, Tyshawn. There's been a lot of good games, but Tyshawn probably played in the best KU-Mizzou game as far as a KU fan standpoint. They're getting punished in the first half. Connor Tian starts hitting a bunch of threes. Allen Fieldhouse was probably the loudest it's ever been. I don't know what you could even compare it to. Maybe the West Virginia when Dite was hitting a bunch of threes, but super pumped to talk about that last matchup, especially or just from a Big 12 standpoint. Um, and then Tyrell, obviously Kansas kid, probably grew up hating them 
and then he played in some big games. Didn't show a ton of emotion on the court, but he had a big three in the corner in Columbia and just screamed at the um, student section. So pumped to have those guys on. Maybe may I, may I cut you off? We have a couple guys looking to join in right this second. Oh, wow. and it's going against our original plan that we talked about before. Uh, so we'll go ahead and add these guys to the stage. Tyrell Reed and Greg Gurley. <laughs> and Tyshawn Taylor. Oh! We're we got the whole gang. We're going six deep? We're going six box, baby. It's like I'm Scott Hansen on Damn, Red I got to show my face on this bitch, too. I thought I was just coming to talk. I ain't know I hey, was about to show my face. We're live. Just so what everyone knows, we are live. <laughs> Greg we has are. to be the biggest legend in here, right? Yeah, after you, know, T-Squeeze. What's up, fellas? Not me. After you, T-Squeeze. Not me. What's up, fellas? I mean, we've got quite the show. We got former roommates, Tyshawn and Tyrell. We've got Greg Gurley. <laughs> just you know, I, I tweeted the link to the pod before the show, and I was like, the biggest legend out of. I mean, CB CB's coming on. No offense to you guys, but Greg Gurley is the biggest legend on the yeah. show right now. That we guy all know. Lives. We all know that. Nobody's <laughs> offended by that. <laughs> we all know that. I don't. Know if that's accurate. Thank you guys, right there. We were just. We were just watching. Uh, we were talking. We had an event today and talking about Tyshawn and that 2012 game. So many Sick. good memories. We talked about Sick how game. good that UConn game was the other night, but 2012 was better. Hey, can we talk about like? Do you think that UConn game, that atmosphere, was as good as Allen Fieldhouse has been in like multiple years? I felt like it seemed a little different. Yeah, it was pretty sick in there. I mean, just 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 like seeing all of the the students line up days before, like kind of sent me back to 2012 when we were stepping over kids going to practice and shit like that. So um, that was sick. Yeah, Greg, Greg, and, and it might be it might be better on Saturday going to work every day and seeing mm-hmm. the amount of students this week as opposed to last week. It's about the same, if not more. But last Friday, UConn, Wayne and I were on today doing some stuff, and we we're like, that was a top five for me as far as uh, amount of people there, atmosphere. The game was great. We played with energy. We were turned up. It, it was pretty good. Again, I'll go back to 2012, and I'm sure Tyshawn will agree and, and Tyrell as well. It, there was nothing like that, especially the, the down 19 as bad as Tyshawn was, but he was that much better. Yeah, that was a that was that was ridiculous. That that is still the loudest I've heard the Philhouse um as a player and just as you know a former player coming back watching some games. Um and just the whole I think the whole atmosphere behind that game, Missouri leaving to go to the SEC, it had a lot more to do with just us playing Missouri. It wasn't a regular KU versus Missouri game that year. It was like a lot more behind the scenes that was going on that made it such a good game. Um, and then obviously you got two good teams playing against each other, so that that alone is going to be like like dope. But you know, just everything that went you know behind the scenes, them leaving and going away, them having a really good team that year, us you know having a pretty good team, but not the best team that we've had. Um, I'm pretty sure that game was for like. The Big 12 championship too. Like I'm pretty sure if we lose that game, we don't win the Big 12 that year, and 
I think the same thing happened for them. So there was some some stuff. We were actually playing for something. Um, it was just a lot going on during that game that made it so dope to play in. I'm sure for the fans and the students to be a part of. Um, yeah, I watched that game probably ten times since I played in it. <laughs> hey, Tyshawn, you you probably obviously grew up around the uh, the Hurleys. Did you yeah. get a chance to talk to Danny after the game to find I, I, out what he thought about his first visit to the Fog? I did. I talked to Danny actually before and after. I talked to Danny and, um, you know, he's a Jersey guy, so he acted like nothing impressed him. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. You guys were turned up. He was like, yeah, that was pretty good. You guys were turned up. But um, so he really didn't give me the feel like this is the greatest place I've ever been. But – I know he respected it because, I, I, I mean, I know I know him, and I know I know he had to respect that. You know what I mean? So, Love it. Yeah, so, All right. Um, I, I just have a question for Tyrell and, and Greg. Obviously, you guys, both Kansas kids, um, we, we've hated Missouri forever. I mean, it goes back to the days with Quantrill and whatever, but how much did the rivalry mean to you guys growing up, and then how much, how much more did it mean to you as players when you played against them and just getting up for that game? You go first, Greg. Being a Kansas City kid, uh, I didn't really grow up a KU fan. My parents went to Central Missouri State, so I didn't have a, a allegiance one way or the other until, obviously, I went to Kansas. But I grew up with so many guys that ended up playing at Missouri. Javon Crudup was a guy I battled throughout our, our childhood, a great friend of mine. and and uh, uh, But, you know, being around Norm, uh, a lot when I was a kid as well with some mutual family friends, there was a hatred uh, that we, we'd go there and, and, and it was everything you can imagine. I'm sure Tyshawn and Tyrell will have the exact same stories that I have and the, the stuff that is said to you. Uh, oh, yeah. And then the bragging rights, <laughs> the bragging rights when you come back to Kansas City and play summer ball at the Bell League or whatever, if you won, if you swept them that year or you split, whatever, it, it, it was just uh, we're all friends until you play, and then there was a there was a hatred amongst the fan bases. I don't yeah, I'm about to say like using that word between the players. I think, but I don't, I don't, I think oh, that's sure. about it. I think that's where the respect stops is between the players. And that, <laughs> that kind of goes out the window. Oh my god, you're exactly because. Because Tyrell and Tyshawn know, I mean, we work camps with those guys in the summer times. We become friends with the guys, even the ones we didn't grow up with. But, but yeah, the fan bases, it's a different level. I mean, I remember when Jay Will and, and Kevin McCullough last year asked me and, and Brady and Brennan about what it was going to be like going to Columbia. And we're like, it's like nothing you've ever experienced. They are going to talk about your family. They're going to have information about you that you didn't know that they had. And it's just, you've got to you got to listen to it and absorb it a little bit, but you also got to shut it out and play your game. And obviously yeah. last year we did that. And, and uh, I mean, I'd be curious if, if Tyrell and Tyshawn have any good personal stories about the times you played at the Hearn Center. What you got, Ty? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it. like, like Greg said, it's, it's crazy because um, – the the hatred is so so much there from a history standpoint and the the fans perspective but yeah i mean mike dixon and uh marcus denman were, were my aau teammates you know so they were like some of the best guys on mizzou's team so you know you always want to be able to 
to kind of have that on them by winning the game. But um, playing in Mizzou is so fun. You know, they get – when I was there, I think it was my freshman year, they uh, – you know, they got our, our hotel room numbers and, and we're calling our hotel room. So we had just had unplugged the phones. Yes. Um, they were throwing rocks at the bus. Uh, you got little kids, parents, they're telling them to flip off the bus. They're like <laughs> five and six years old. Uh, I know Tyshawn remembers that. So uh, it's fun. I, I, I mean, oh my God. selfishly, uh, sometimes when I talk to Coach Self, he's like, I'm an idiot. I should have redshirted you a year. And I'm like, well, now you should have. So I could have played in that last game versus Mizzou. That would have been a, That would have been sick, bro. We would have been, been down nice. 19 if we had you either. Uh, probably down 25 if you had me. But uh, <laughs> we'd have came back still. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped for the game this weekend. And, uh, yeah, playing Mizzou is great. Hey, Tyshawn, do you remember Tyrell was interacting with us a little bit today on Twitter. We tweeted the link of the video of Tyrell hitting that three in the corner, and he turns to the Missouri student <laughs> section, screams right in their face. And it was like, we've always yeah. just thought that was hilarious because, I mean, Tyrell played with emotion, but I didn't ever get you to be a guy to, like, yell at a student section. Like, did that shock you guys in the moment? Uh. No, we've seen Tyrell get spicy before, but we, and we just knew what kind of game it was, man. And like he said, it, it means a little bit more to him. He knows some of those guys personally. Um, he played really well every time we played him, it seemed like. He, he had one of his better games. He didn't miss shots when he played against Missouri. Um, so, no, I wasn't surprised at all. I just That was just how the game was being played. If you wasn't, if you wasn't showing emotion, you probably wasn't in the game. <laughs> That's just what it was. Like, it I think you passed it. I think you passed game. it to me too, Ty. Was it my pass? I think so. Could have been. I got a lot of. I got. I got a few assists off of you. Yeah, you got to turn it over. Yeah, I got a few assists off of you. I got a few turnovers trying to pass it to you. It happened. That's all right. But I remember. I remember two very uh, three things about Missouri. One, I grew a really, really, really big hatred for them. Um, when we went back, uh, was it my junior? My junior year. We went and we played against them after the, the stuff. A lot of stuff happened with T. Rob. Um, yep. We went back and they just were very disrespectful, like just very, very disrespectful of his situation. And I, that was the thing that kind of like made me look at the fan base. Like I hate Missouri because I play at Kansas, but again, I, I didn't grow up hating Missouri because they fucking. I didn't know that story. I just didn't like them because we got one of the things that just kind of completely rubbed me wrong about them. I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy like how they handled that situation specifically the fans or how even like the, the school handled the fans to handle that situation. It just didn't, <laughs> was it just wasn't good. Um, and then I remember and you bring up a good, for, like, you bring up a great point because when we go on the road and there's, there's signs that are, there's always going to be inappropriate signs and always going to be people say bad stuff. But it's the administration that doesn't put a stop to it that <laughs> yeah. drives me crazy because hey, I know what you're saying, and they just kind of sit there and, and turn a blind eye. And that's, to me, when adults don't make the right decisions, that's what drives me nuts because the, the T-Rob situation should have been untouchable. Yeah. It's like when uh, K-State would always play Sandstorm after their administration would come out of every game and be like, oh, the fuck KU Chan, you guys got to stop. But then every time we went there in February, what song was playing with five minutes to go? Whoops. Sandstorm. Yeah, oopsies. <laughs> and they should do it. Like, it's funny. I don't know. But yeah. also, it's like, don't give us that BS statement the next day saying you guys 
don't respect yeah, own, it. Like, just, just own it. Own it. Yeah. Yeah. It was an intern that turned it on. We yeah. told him not to do yeah. it. It's my ass. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't I, enjoy that. But on a lighter note, their fans are also just assholes. Like I remember Tyrell remembers them calling the hotel phone. They got my actual phone number. They got my cell phone number and posted on Facebook that I was like selling pit bull dogs and like had a flyer puppies, cute ass puppies. Have my number, and I just get a call like, "Are you? Hey, are you selling puppies? We're looking to buy puppies." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, that, and then I'm creative. like, going into the, I'm going into it's the creative. towers, and there's like a flyer. 2012, it was the last year. I'm going into the towers, and there's a flyer. There's a, there's a post, like a little flyer on the door, and I'm looking at this dog flyer, and it's my number on it. And I'm like, "Who the? <laughs> who did this?" I probably got 400 text messages and calls about me selling puppies, and I had no puppies. For sure. How many people want? I guess people love puppies. People love. Puppies. No, it wasn't just from the towers, but it was like a Facebook group message. Like they sent my number and this flyer out over Facebook to who knows how many people. Probably the whole student class. Like I don't know, but I know I got probably 400 text messages and as many calls, like leading up to the game, like probably three or four days before the game. And I was just like, this is insane. Like they're ridiculous, bro. I probably gave my number to a, a girl that went to Missouri who gave it to somebody else. And gotcha. it was over with after that. Yeah, it was over with after that. That was Sharon too, right? Didn't Sharon uh, do that with K State? I don't think Sharon was puppy. Sharon was a little it, no, it was like this girl that hit him up and then he like she made a sign with his phone number and raised it up in the student <laughs> section at Ram. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounded about right, because I mean we we would do shit like that. <laughs> Greg, I don't know. Um, I mean, how much you have heard, but didn't Mizzou fans kind of mess with uh, Coach Williams a lot too? Oh well, yeah. I mean, they mess with everybody. I mean, it was just like my phone, teammates got his phone my, number and stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, they mess with Rex Walters was an easy target. Greg Ostertag, uh, another one of my teammates, a big, big goofball. He's kind of like he's kind of like uh, the Hunter Dickinson's kind of the modern. Uh, Greg Ostertag, just a guy that has got a little goofy to him and a little loud. And so, yeah, the, you know, and actually the antlers were pretty funny. I Like, you know, you guys know my sense of humor. I like that stuff. And I thought when they were, uh, they were funny, but then when it got too much, too personal, too racial, whatever, then it was just, then they had to shut them down. It was ridiculous. So there was a, there was a point that you go out there early and you'd be like, these guys are pretty funny. Like I enjoyed that. I like to go out there early and listen to what they had to say, even if they were, you know, telling me I sucked or other shit. They weren't messing with me because I was a bench guy, but talking about Rex or Adonis Jordan or, or whoever, I like that. But it, it, they took it too far and and never uh, never have really come back because now they put the antlers in like the 50th row and a bunch of fat Missouri guys with dresses on. It's kind of <laughs> stupid now, but they actually were funny. There was somebody's there was somebody's grandpa won one of those games. This guy looked like Colonel Sanders. He had like a white mustache, all white hair. I'm pretty sure he was there by himself. He didn't have like grandkids or anything, but he was old <laughs> as shit. He was just like sitting basically like a, a seat behind the court and was just like, Taylor, you suck. How many turnovers are you going to have tonight? And I'm talking about this is like pregame. It was like 30 minutes before the game or 45 minutes before the game. I don't even think anybody else was sitting there. He was just by himself. And I'm pretty sure it was like just the guards doing their thing. And I'm just shooting around. I got my headphones in. He's like, 
So this is early in the game. I'm still having my headphones and I had to like lift them up to listen to what he was saying to see who he was talking to. He's like, you suck, Taylor. (laughs) This guy had to be in his early 60s. I was like, what? That's how you know it's a rivalry. You got six-year-old men screaming at college kids. The the other part of it that was fun when I was playing was Norm Stewart was an icon. He's a legend. And he was a character. And Norm talked more shit to us than he did with like the officials. Like you'd be playing and Norm would be in your ear. Like he wasn't coaching his team. He was complaining to the officials or yelling at us. And it was fun. This was back with Billy Tubbs, Norm Stewart, Johnny Orr, Larry Brown. Th- those guys were were, were kind of different. You don't see that anymore. Uh, there's not like Bill Self's as much of a character. And he's like they were back then, but you just can't do the same stuff. So Norm Stewart added a ton of it for me because he – you talk about a hatred of Kansas. Uh, it was Norm, you know, the famous story that he would always you know, take a bus from Columbia, stay on the plaza because he didn't want to spend any money in the state yeah. of Kansas. So they would mm-hmm. bus from Missouri yeah, to go. Real to yeah. yeah, it's real. Tyrell, do you uh, like if you had to look back on your because you play with Sharon, you play with Cole Aldridge, you play with Tyshawn, like. You played on some legendary teams that probably got a ton of hate from. I, I can't imagine the Morris Twins got along with the Missouri fans very much. Like, do you, if you think back, who do you think loved that the most? Like, who loved playing on the road or the hatred, or or was it you? Maybe it was you. The scream you had into the section <laughs> might be you. You know, I think we all hated them in our own way, you know, just differently. Me being a Kansas kid, it was kind of this local, long-standing hatred. With Tyshawn, it comes from uh, being being there as a player and then just constantly being on top of you or, or deciding that, hey, they're going to get your phone number from a girl and figure out how they're going to kind of mess with you. But um, I don't know if there was one particular – I think Kansas kids for sure have a little bit different perspective just because I grew up in it. Yeah. Um, Connor, Tyrell, but, those guys for sure felt like it. it meant a little bit more to Columbia. them. No doubt the, uh, no doubt that game my senior year where um, I hit the shot from from Tyshawn. But when they were saying stuff about T. Rob's family situation before the game, it kind of made it even more personal at that time. Yeah, we all wanted to. Fuck well, him. I also think that that now you've got a basically a generation you're talking about 10 years of not playing and there's a generation of kids that you know so let's say a college kid now is 20 years old so they were 10 the last time Kansas and Missouri played so they're kind of like I don't know when you're 10 years old do you really see that so it's hard to get like some of our guys in that mode that hey this is this is it this you better be ready and, and so, unfortunately, because of their decision to leave the Big 12, uh, and somehow that was our fault for not playing them, I still don't understand the, the concept <laughs> of they left and we're the bad guys for not playing them. So, whatever. But that's Missouri math for you. But still, there's a, there's a decade of kids and fans that don't quite get it like Tyshawn and Tyrell and you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy, but 
we I think what we love the most about this rivalry getting back up and going, it was still like Tyrell said, like the Kansas kids. It was really Christian Brown in twenty twenty one that just came out of the gates, fired up. But isn't the one isn't the one from Columbia? Mm-hmm. He <laughs> is. They not, did yes. they not recruit him? Was the story that I heard the last time they played him like they never even recruited the kid? Well, I mean, yeah, that- Dewan's like one of the few offers Dewan had was Missouri State, but not mm-hmm. Missouri. Yeah. yeah, so that I mean, if I'm Dewan, I'm probably I'm taking that more personal than anybody. Like this is not, not <laughs> I don't know if he's a Missouri fan or any of that, but like just to be a kid from there and to be overlooked would be would not would be rubbing me the wrong way for sure. He had the ultimate. Crash talk, shit talk press conference last year because somebody asked him, "Hey, Dewan, did the crowd, did the crowd bother you at all?" And he's like, "Played in the national championship game last year in front of yeah. fifty thousand people. This was kind of nothing. And that game. it was one of the and 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 we all know Dewan. He's soft spoken, not really. He kind of lets his play do the talking. But when he said that, he's like, "I don't know. That's like the ultimate scoreboard to a, a state." Yeah. yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I played in the national championship. This Hearn yeah. Center or whatever it's called is nothing. Like the what was his uh, What was his IG caption after Rye? He said, "Went into my trap and took over." <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> like that with the whole crowd behind him. It was an awesome yeah. picture, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. We played him now two two the last two years, and I think our average win we've won by an average of like thirty some points close to it it's crazy mm. um so this week i don't even is missouri i know they lost an early one but are they i watched they, them the other they, day against jackson like state mm-hmm. it was like two days oh, ago yeah. they was playing somebody um they they got watched, they on state. yeah they playing wichita mm-hmm. state and i watched them a little bit um they beat they won at pittsburgh and at minnesota and then in between there they lost to jackson state who was like one and five at home Mm-hmm. So, I, I think it's a different team from last year. They obviously lost their good player in Kobe Kobe Brown. I think it was a first round draft pick. So oh, yeah. playing good yeah. in the NBA right now. Allen House is going to is going to be crazy. Everyone's going to be there. Our, our brother Thomas Robinson is getting his jersey retired. It's going to be awesome. Couldn't pick a better game to do it. Like, what, what do you think the over under is on the amount of times they're going to show the block? I don't hundred at least at I, least seven times. I got seven. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll go over. Greg, do you know was that if this a clean is block? true? Was that a clean block? Clean, yeah, clean. Yeah. Did I read today that T. Rob like specifically requested he wanted this game? Like, may have even delayed this happening a little bit to get yeah, this T-Rob game. Yeah, T. Rob Jersey retired three years ago. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I remember the phone call that Bill made, and, and it was two years ago when we played Missouri in Allen, and he was trying to come, and it, he was playing, I think, in Puerto Rico, couldn't couldn't get back or whatever. So we, he, when Bill called him this year, he's like, Missouri. Like, it's really simple. Like, a one-word answer, Missouri, I'll make it happen. It's amazing. Tyshawn, I I wanted to talk about the 2012 games because someone just brought up Steve Moore in the chat. Um, (laughs) People talk about the refs in Allen. 
Um, but how bad were they that year in Colombia? And what, was their crowd different than other years? We lost the game. We lost. We lost. The, we, I, I, we lost the game because of the, them referees, bro. The, obviously, the charge on T. Rob, unreal, insane. Twice yeah. it happened. Twice. One I played with Steve Moore. One of them was on. Oh, was it you? Like, okay. It was at the free throw line. I was yeah. doing a pull up, and they called the charge. I still can't even make it up. Like, I, I was turning the ball over at such a high rate that it just looked like a bad play. But I was legit <laughs> stopping for a pull up, and he slid <laughs> under me, and they called the charge. I I cried after that game. Like I legit walked out of the locker room in tears. I'll never forget that because I was like, "What the fuck was that?" I was like, I was like so. <laughs> Mind blown by the fact that we lost the game. We played great, was up most of the game, and it was like two really bad calls late that kind of cost us that game. I thought. I thought. I also missed a free throw or two that could have maybe sent us to overtime or something. But it was just some bad calls late. So I think we should have won that game. Then we come back home and do I get fouled late in the game? I think so. Does T. Rod block clean? I absolutely think so. But there were some calls possibly for us to get back at. From 19 down, that may have gotten overlooked, right? But that happens. It's a fast-paced game, playing too hard, playing teams. The refs don't see everything. So I think that they allowed us to play a style that we wanted to play. And when they got that big lead, they just were – they were, like, trying to play safe opposed to trying to kill us. They almost went to trying not to lose while we were just scratching and clawing to get back. And once we did, it was it was over. And then- you know, we talked about Wayne and, Wayne and I did our – podcast today we were talking about the block and nine times out of ten that's called a foul if you really watch it slow it down look at the stills t-rob went straight up but he blocked it so violently it looked like a foul if it was on the other end we would want the call so i don't blame missouri but fans for wanting the call it wasn't a foul and you they will think, never admit you that. think that late in the game they call that? I see that. Yeah. Ha- I see that same play happen so often late in the game and never gets called, <clears> especially <throat> if it's not decided in the game. Like that was a block to send us in overtime. It wasn't like if he blocks that we win, you know. So like I feel like th- it was a no call. Like he threw the ball up, T. Rob blocked it, and then he kind of threw his body into T. Rob trying to get the foul. And if they call that, it's hey. almost like a bailout because he had no chance. You're trying to, get to the shot. time. Time. You're trying to sell the wrong guy. I was going to say. I, I 100% screaming. agree with you. Okay. But, but you got to look at it from both sides. I 100% agree. It was clean. But we would have expected that call. It goes down in history as one of the greatest defensive plays ever. And, and that's coming from a guy. Hell, you guys were teammates with him. T-Rob wasn't the greatest defender, right? He, he no. was an offensive guy. That, that was such a uh, such a random act, such a great defensive play by a guy that was okay, right? Uh, yep. Not it was random. Things. It is funny that T Rob's like most defining play, the one we think about the most, is a block shot because like that he's he's a guy that had dunks and just offensive dominating guy and it's all about the block but i still think about the baylor dunk but i, I agree the blocking the baylor dunk is like for me he threw that right how about how about the amount of it was a terrible pass two five times. dunks of all times against baylor wayne selden's might be the greatest mm-hmm. dunk ever by a kansas player that was nasty Musburger went nuts after gave him a he facial that um ty obviously <laughs> 
that game was crazy. That's pro- I mean, it's one of the best days in Allen Fieldhouse history. Like that building is so historic. Um, and there's been so many elite memories, moments, Jersey retirements. Um, but one of the more underrated plays in that game, obviously, is you going baseline to baseline, two dribbles. And in the moment, I don't think you really thought about it. But can you talk to us about that and kind of what Bill said to you after that the next day? Um, I don't remember what he said to me the next day, but I remember what was happening before that play. And he was like, if, we, if they score, we got to get it in fast and get up the court. We don't have timeouts. We don't have enough time to, like, so get up the court. And they scored. Marcus Demon didn't fucking miss a shot in the second half, it felt like. And they scored. And I just remember Travis kind of like, I'm trying to run up the court, and Travis was trying to just give me the ball. So he kind of threw it towards me as I was running up the court. And so I, when I finally got possession of the ball, I was at the three-point line going this way. So it wasn't baseline to baseline. It was from three-point three, three line to baseline. But I just pushed it. And once I – they were, like, trying to get back. Their, their whole thing was get back. We scored. Get back. Get back. Get back. We got the ball in so fast that by the time I got to the front court, they were still trying to match up. And Mike finally found me, but I was at the rim, and he kind of – I don't know, he kind of bumped me a little bit. It wasn't a hard foul. It wasn't he, he tried not to foul me, but he did kind of bump me a little bit. And, again, the ref decided he wanted to blow his whistle that time, which, I mean, he could have 10 more times during that, that game. But that time he did. And the difference between the prior Missouri game that I walked out crying from is I had two free throws that could have sent us into overtime that game. This game, I had two free throws to win. And I made both of them. I was shooting 72% at that time, 73%. I wasn't a great – I shot a lot a game. I shot probably five or six a game. So I shot a bunch of them, but I wasn't shooting it great at the time percentage-wise. So that shit was nerve-wracking. I was scared going up to that line. But I also remember being there some weeks before playing them there, kind of in a similar situation. So I knew that I was going to make them, but I was nervous for sure. Um, and I also remember the very first three I hit in overtime. We talk about loud. That was the loudest yeah. moment. The, the game was loud, but that three pointer that I hit in the beginning of overtime, after the block, the shit was still the the, the court was still shaking, bro. From the block, yeah. it was like still shaking. And we go yeah. to the timeout. We getting ready for overtime. We come out. I don't know what the play is. I I don't know. I come off like a flare screen and I just catch the ball and nobody guards me and I'm just looking around like I'm not the nail this shit. And I shot it, and I made it. And from that point on, I just felt really good about the game. Even though we, they ended up tying it up or taking the lead again in overtime, because again, Marcus didn't miss any shots. It felt like, but it really did feel like you guys were gonna just blow them out in overtime. Like it felt like one of those games. You blow that lead, you go to overtime. This is gonna be over. And you nope, hitting that three up, felt they like that. Up being up like seventy four to seventy five at <laughs> yeah. one point because he just could not. He just not. He could not miss. I he thought that shot. He made. After the buzzer, too, he made he? it. He made, yeah. he oh. made the last shot. Jammed in the back of the room. Half a second left in that game, we lose that game because of the shot he shot. Ty, okay, I thought, so Tyra, um, I thought Bill Self said, "Like, do you realize what you did? Like, that was the most athletic play I've ever seen." Oh, he made. He made. No, he's so talking. Hard. No, no. I think what he's talking about, Ty, was when you you two went seventy five feet. Yeah, with two, two dribbles. dribbles. Yeah, I mean, he. So I know much. that. I know that. That's a crazy play for him because he's mentioned it to me literally every single time I see him from <laughs> since I left. Like when we when he introduced me to camps or to people, he always talks about that play. That's the play for him that stands out the most when it comes to me. 
And for me, I did shit like that all the time. Todd know he used to have to guard me in practice. I would do shit like that every day. So for him to say, like, get the ball up the court, it's like, oh, I bet. I love to do that. You telling me to do it now? Bet. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I was doing it anyway. But he's like, you know, the, the only go, guy go, to go, do, go, go. I'm like, okay, bet. The only guy to cover more ground without dribbling was Svee. Who would have thought Speed was a better athlete than Ty? Yeah, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, there's no like I've been watching Kansas basketball forever, and I don't think there's anybody faster with the ball going downhill than Ty Sean, but the fastest front in a five to ten foot gap. Remy, I don't think there's been anybody that could stay in front of him for maybe five Dot? to ten feet. He's quick. Yeah, maybe. Dot. I was going to say. I was going to say. Dot. Remy was that that six games when I, I don't know he was unbelievable. I don't yeah. think either one of them. I don't think either one of them was faster than me. But I respect. No, him. not 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 going. No, not down down and back. Close. No. Just hey hey relax. I'm Ty, saying quickness, right? not fast. Taking your crown. Man, hey, next week, Tyshawn, let's let, let's do a race on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, by yeah, the way, if you're watching live, subscribe, subscribe. New channel, we need to. We need oh, to get oh I'll fuck around and pull something, man. <laughs> no doubt. But Ty, yeah, you hey, boys, boys, you see what I did the first time I came on air with you, Jokers, about five years ago. <laughs> Ty, Ty, and Ty, they had me go to some haunted warehouse or some shit that I thought I was going to get murdered. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there too, brother. No. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know these guys. I'm like, oh, I said I'd do it. I'm downtown, down by the haunted houses. I'm like, all right. AB comes and meet me, and I'm like, okay, we're going up some creaky steps, and I'm like, I feel like I'm walking in, like I'm walking into my eventual death, to my murder. I think I think and, did Sharon do his podcast there with the Hennessy, and I did mine there too. Yeah, and I sat down there. They had a big bottle of Makers, some plastic cups, a jug of ice, and and a mixer or something. You didn't know and you was going to drink. You didn't know you was going to the drink camps podcast, did you? So well, I brought I brought this out, kind of like old times. I don't see. Yeah, I love it. Forcing you to drink. I we saw a tweet uh, the other day about someone saying, "Just saw Greg." It was like one p.m. Just saw Greg Gurley walk out of the wheel. Does anyone have a better life than him? And Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> Hunter Dickinson uh, replied and said, "Nope." <laughs> I, my my daughter sent that to me, and I, I in all honesty, I tell you, if I was drinking, I just went and had lunch. Uh, I went, uh, but yeah, I saw that too, and I was like, "No, oh, just you know, lunch at the wheel." I, like a- I remember the first time you came on the pod. The, like the first thing I said, I was like, "You realize you live like if somebody sat me down and said, hey, draw out your ideal life,' I'd probably pick Greg Gurley's life.' Like you, you've got." You've got a great, uh, great gig going there. So very. Well, I get to do. I get to. I get to wake up every day and enjoy what I do. I, I have great people. I, you know, and, and Tyrell and Tyshawn will agree with me when when you're done playing basketball or football, whatever you play, and your career's over. Because mine was over quicker than those two because they were better. But when you're done, you're done. And and oh. the things you miss the most is. Talking shit in the locker room, being on a plane, a bus, uh, uh, you know, just hanging out in a hotel when you're on the road. Like sometimes that's boring, but that's that's all we know for like a very very long time. And 
I still get to do that without all the working out and getting hurt shit. So it's, I, I agreed. I, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. Tyrell gets to be around the guys a lot as well, and Tyshawn's around a lot. And, and it, it fills the gap when your career's over, the competitiveness, the camaraderie. And, and again, some of us are more fortunate than others that have the ability to, to still be around. Yeah, absolutely. It, I think that's awesome. I think that's so true. You, you talked about me and Tyrell being roommates, and we weren't roommates like all the time. But when we would go travel for games, so every time we went on a road game, Coach put me with Tyrell. I, I started to think he put me with Tyrell to keep me out of trouble because he knew Tyrell wouldn't be getting in any trouble. So in order to keep me from doing dumb shit, room with Tyrell, stay out of trouble. But I would keep Tyrell up all throughout the night. We got games the next day. I'm on the phone. Arguing with my girl, studying for a fucking I know I don't know what kind of quiz or test he's studying for, but I'm up <laughs> on the phone, I'm texting, I'm tweeting and Facebook, and it's two o'clock in the morning. We play with Zori tomorrow. Todd, go to sleep. <laughs> nah, man, she's driving me crazy. I can't. <laughs> so the camaraderie and the brotherhood, I missed that, bro. And it was it's reasons like that, like having somebody like Tyrell that's kind of opposite of me when you talk about just personality and shit, but became really close to me because we spent so much time together. And he got to really know who, me at my real, like, core. Probably better than a lot of other people just because he was in this small-ass vicinity with me so many days, for so many years. So, appreciate you, bro. And I love you. And that's how and that's how coaches build teams. Like, I showed up as a freshman. I'm from Leewood, Kansas. You know, well, you know, it's a nice area and all that. I room with Ben Davis, still one of my great friends to this day. He's from Fort Pierce, Florida. Never once interacted, and, and, and the first day of Jock Towers, and and it's great because you you build that camaraderie, you build that brotherhood with someone a completely different walks of life from you. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. I can. You guys want to bring one more person in on this really quick? Hold on, let Tyrell finish this thought, and then let's okay. bring him on. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I guarantee you that I slept the least amount of any player on the road between Tyshawn screaming on the phone at 2 a.m. and Sharon keeping the room at 95 degrees. Oh, my God. That's I, I, those were my two roommates on the road, and between me losing 15 pounds every night sleeping in Sharon's room or – Tyshawn, I don't know who you were yelling at, but you found somebody to yell at every time. <laughs> and and you, you're person, definitely man. me and that person don't speak much anymore. But it was I, know, I know who it was. Okay, I know who it was. <laughs> See, and Tyrell, you're crazy, bro. You're way too nice, Tyrell, to ever even say something, aren't you? So you would just sit there and take it all. Like he's like, yelling all night, and you're maybe study. just like, "Hey, man, chill, his head over there with his little lamp light, trying to do homework and studying." <laughs> Tyshawn was Tyshawn was easy to room with. Sharon, when he kept that room at ninety degrees, I don't, I, I couldn't. I slept on the covers. I never slept under the covers in how many years? It was the hottest room I've ever been in. And I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I love it. Let's bring on another guest. We got a surprise. I, you guys might know. Bring him on. We're going seven deep for a little bit. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a squad. Parker's I like this brother. squad, brother. What's up, bro? The legend did something that we all wanted to accomplish national champ 
NBA Finals champ. Amazing. Fucking legends, son. Appreciate it, Gurley. Still early. Still early, too. That's the best part. Keep it up, brother. So, All right, CB. CB. Um, yeah, go ahead, Peter. Me, me and you talked uh, like a month or so ago just about before games, whatever, and obviously your family history with Mizzou. Um, and you said the Mizzou game in 2022 was like the one game where you just came out of the tunnel just screaming. And then two minutes into the game, just, um, so that game was obviously something you. So just talk about that moment and um, how much that this rivalry means to you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Um, it was one of the only games I think I ran out of the tunnel and, you know, couldn't contain, you know, yelling or, you know, doing something like that. And, you know, the crowd was crazy for that game. And like you said, my family history and, you know, my brother being there and, you know, not playing as much um, obviously was, you know, motivating in itself. But uh, just the crowd energy, um, you know, getting to play against Mizzou for the first time, um, you know, it, it, was, it was an amazing game. Obviously, I only – I think I only scored in the first eight minutes. It didn't score for the rest of the game. But uh, – I think I tired myself out too much. You was turned, bro. You, <laughs> you were too turned. Yeah, I could. I the game was over four minutes in. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I didn't even know. That, I haven't seen that clip until uh, this, like, whatever, last week when they posted it. And I saw it. I was like, I looked at the clock. I'm like, man, no way I said that with 15 minutes left in the first half. <laughs> How uh, have you – like, I saw your brother today was quoted. He's saying, you know, he went to Mizzou, obviously. He said there's not a ton of bad blood. Like, are you trying to are you trying to get him to hate Missouri? Or is that just something you're, like, born with? No, I mean, I, I don't think – I mean, he obviously went there. And, you know, like you said, he liked his time there. Um, and he, I don't think he would complain about anything. But um, I think for me as a brother watching it, um, you know, knowing how talented he was and, you know, him – he wasn't playing, so maybe it was more of a me thing. And, you know, I, I didn't really hate Missouri growing up, you know, because my family went there, so I respected them. Um, it just didn't, um, my brother was there. I got maybe one call from them, um, you know, in the recruiting process. So, um, you know, that was part of it too. Um, so, you know, Parker's probably not, you know, uh, his personality is a little different than mine um, as far as the, the revenge games go and, you know, things like that. Um, so his answer definitely didn't, you know, surprise me by any means. Is he going to dunk yeah. and scream bitch when he's running down the court? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, he, def- he definitely isn't so. going to do it. <laughs> Greg, while we have you, CB, everyone, like, did you get – during the national title run when everyone was making – you know, everyone was loving CB's energy, his way of, of yelling at people. Like, how evident was it for you guys that were courtside? Like, I still remember to this day, Iman Brennan, a college basketball writer – has one of my favorite tweets ever where he said, Christian Brown just looked me directly in the eyes and called me a bitch. Like, <laughs> did you <laughs> like, did you guys just hear, like, was it just loud and clear out down there on the court? I remember uh, Christian's mom and dad sent me a text, and it, it appears that Christian's looking right at me screaming bitch after some play at the Final Four. I don't think it was directed at me, but I feel hey, flattered bro, you, was. you didn't call uh, everybody but, a bitch, bro. <laughs> We, we we loved it. I mean, it was definitely more of a college about, thing. Yeah, yeah, you don't do that as much now. Yeah, I haven't said that word in a while, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, but it was it was it was such a uh, this is not a great choice of words, but such a, an arrogant and cocky team, and the better word is probably self confident that they thought CB 
Jay Will, David, Ray, everybody thought that this was the most talented Kansas basketball team in the history of Kansas basketball. And I don't think anybody really believes that, but they did. And I don't think we went at all without that confidence. They, they, just, they just had a mindset. They didn't care who we were playing. They were better than them. I mean, CB, I remember when we were in the, uh, the, the Sunday night, we're in the ballroom or whatever for a meal, and I remember I brought Paul Pierce up, and Bill still talks about this. Paul talks about his, his uh, uh, journey and how they lost in 97, and we were just looking at CB, and he was kind of like looking at Paul Pierce like, who's this cat? Like, like, I'm better than this guy. Paul Pierce, the truth, the legend. Now, whether that's true or not, he, he also be always a lot too, CB. So you was right to, to look at him like that. I've been around a guy. But, he, he, but he Bill still talks about. He's like CB. He's looking at him like I can take this motherfucker. You know, it was like no big deal. And CB, when he was talking, what was going through your mind? Because it was a great speech. Yeah, it was a good. It was, it was a good speech. Um, I talk about that a lot because I think Coach came in afterwards and joked like, because he talked for a long time and he came in and talked forever. If you remember that. And Coach came in. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the hell he just said. Um, but let's focus on the film or something like that. Because it was <laughs> such a long speech, and he was talking about man, be, you know, becoming a pro. You know what it means to play Kansas and all these things. But it turned into like a twenty-five minute long thing. And by the end of it, we're all like, man, is this guy he had his glasses on and everything. So, um, but nah, it, it was cool. But Coach came in and was like, man, I don't, I don't know what he said. Don't listen to that. Let's focus on the film. <laughs> Didn't Nick Collison give a good speech? Well, there's a video that we went out and got a lot of former players and, and mashed it all up together, and they show a hype video on the day of games, especially in the tournament, and it's like, CB, you remember it? It was like Al Pacino in any given Sunday's speech. Danny Manning narrated, oh. and it was like Joel Embiid, Marcus Garrett, Doke, Svee, all those guys basically saying, let's go get them, right? And, and, and it was all – it was raw and uncut. And it was awesome. You had to have got a little bit of a chill watching that, right, CB? Yeah, I think throughout the whole tournament, though, the, they did a really good job with those. They had a separate video for, um, I think, before each tournament game. So, I mean, that one was obviously really cool. And I think, like you said, all the former players, um, you know, sent in a video and, you know, had different things to say. And obviously, you could tell it meant so much to them, um, you know, too. So that was that was a really cool moment. And it, it was definitely one of those goosebump moments, similar to when you watch the, you know, pregame video before every home game, too. Well, well this, is true about that too. This, this is my connection to y'all to y'all team, CB. I was on that team that lost ten years prior to y'all winning the New Orleans. So I, I I made it to a national championship ten years before y'all won it in the same place. And to see y'all do that, that shit felt really good to me as a former player, but just as someone who has that and experience to be in a national championship, to be that close, to be down 12, 13 points, start to come back and start to feel good in the same place to see you guys do that shit was amazing for me, bro. Yeah, we yeah, we could definitely feel the love. We appreciate that, but you could definitely feel the love from all the guys before the game. And uh, I, actually I actually told everybody, like, to what you guys were talking about earlier, I think that team was so good. And like you said, we were confident, but I think that a lot of it was, you know, our best players did every rep at practice. And each one of our best players, whether it was me, Oach, Jalen, Dave, like, we all thought we were better than each other, too. So, every day. Uh-oh. Oh, we're losing he him. We Wi-Fi for C. <laughs> we lost oh, him for a little bit. But what he, what he, every day they just thought that, that one of them was going to get the job done. They could hit that proverbial switch. And 
I, I still give so much credit to David McCormick, who was probably the most scrutinized, judged, dissected Kansas player in a long, long time. And I'm sure on your guys' podcast, you did the same. Because as a broadcaster, I thought it. I mean, we all love Dave. But there were times throughout the year you're like, can this guy get us? And then for him to show up the way he did in the two games in New Orleans, legendary. Legendary. You see me, I was talking about. I was talking about Big Dave. We lost you. Talking about how, you know, we talk a lot about you and Jay Will and Remy and Oach, obviously. But David McCormick, the most dissected and scrutinized guy ever. You don't win the national title without David McCormick. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, it was unique because, I mean, like you said, you guys seen the tweets about, you know, when we did the, you know, negative tweets uh, thing. And, man, people used to say the craziest, I, I, I've said it, I, people used to say the craziest shit. Like, I looked at their every game. I was, I'm not a guy that says, you know, I don't lie and say I don't look on social media. You know, I like to go bookmark shit. And every time I'm on Twitter, no matter how bad, bad I play, man, people. I'm that guy too, CB. They were, they were, they were killing Dave. I was game. that guy too, CB. I used to get in trouble for my tweets, man. No, yeah, I've seen people. I've seen people in person and called them out. Like, you know, I just crawl so y'all. I crawl so y'all can run, man. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But not Dave. Used to get, he they used to kill Dave. And then in our two biggest games, I think the Big Twelve uh, championship game at home, the one we won. Um, yeah, Texas. Like he he killed in our two biggest games. He won us the Big Twelve championship regular season, and he won us the national champion on a jump hook. So he got he killed, killed and, and still still like the most confident guy on the court. So. Man, it, it was cool to see, man. Dave's a confident dude. Well, and I love him because of the national title game. What he, what was he saying at halftime in the locker room? Or he Who, was Dave just like, he was so, like he was happy. Like he was like, and everyone asked what was wrong, and he's he was like, I'm not worried. We're gonna win this game or something. Yeah, that's when Dave and Oach, Dave and Oach, we come in at halftime, and shot, me and Jay Wood are looking around at each other like, no oh, shit, you know, we're about to lose. You know, like <laughs> we're down, we're down, whatever, seventeen. And then uh, Ochai and Dave were sitting across from me. And, you know, Ochai's all smiley. And he's like, man, we're fine. We've been here before. Everybody, it's all okay. Like, Dave's like, man, we, we played bad. We're going to play better coming up. And I'm like, man, what the? I've never been in this position before. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> I love that. But I also love the way you said, like, he played, stepped up in those big moments, those big games. But there was no doubt in the huddle late when Self, like you guys were standing around and Self was like, we're going to Dave, right? We're giving the ball to Dave. He's going to go score. There was nobody in the huddle that doubted that call, right? Nobody was like, well, wait, maybe maybe we should go to Remy or maybe we should go to Jalen. Like everyone fully trusted Dave, right? Well, regardless, nobody nobody was going to tell him no. I was going mean, to say the same thing, bro. Like, who the nah, fuck going to think, no, let's do this? <laughs> well, I thought, it didn't matter if I we thought, had a better idea. Didn't that on defense, though, no? Yeah, didn't Jay Will tell Self, like, we're not fouling, we're guarding? Well, Co- Coach was kind of on the, you know, he was like, oh, should we do this, should we do that? So, obviously, we know he's kind of questioning it. And the whole year, we have been we were a team that wanted to play it out. Like, we never wanted to foul. Um, and so, you know, Jay Will came in and said that. But we're not going to act like he just overruled Coach Self. Like, (laughs) that that shit doesn't happen. (laughs) Okay, that's a good point. All right, so Tyrell, CB, we've got you both here on the pod, two Burlington, Kansas guys. Did you guys, like, know each other, CB, when you were growing up? Were you, like, a Tyrell fan? Like, did you guys ever connect? No, I was was definitely a Tyrell fan, obviously. Um, You know, he was the best basketball player that, you know, people from our town have watched, so – um, we were all Tyrell fans. He's obviously a lot older than me. 
and I think Miss Lacey was my babysitter for a while. So that's kind of how we you know, knew each yeah. other. His mom yeah, taught me. I old say, as fuck, boy. I want right. to say his mom taught me in seventh grade too, right, Tyro? Yeah. Seventh grade? Yeah. Yeah, she, she had her hands full. I wasn't very good at science. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm. it's funny because everybody's like, oh, Christian's, you know, you guys are both – or Coach Self just always say, you know, who's the best player from Burlington? I always say, like, come on, Coach, you know who that is. And then, obviously, we know who that is now, for <laughs> sure. Uh, but, yeah, he, he he was too young when I was playing. Um, but, I mean, watching him come to Kansas, young. I mean, he was, he was pretty young. Uh, but watching him play, there couldn't have been a guy that was more happy to see him out there dominating. And... Uh, I'm so, you know, obviously proud of the success he's had at KU and then and then obviously beyond that. But um, – and then he – I guess he's kind of a Kansas City kid too, but – Appreciate it, sir. Steve, where did you your – um... Oh, man. B-turd. Everybody just cut you Horrible white where I was. He's back now. Um, when, when did your hatred for Mizzou really start? Just because obviously Lisa Hoop there. Um, so – when did you really start hating Mizzou? Yeah, I was just I was just telling my uh, teammates this. Uh, I, I don't I never didn't really hate them, you know. Like my brother went there, so I used to drive to his games and things like that. I never hated Mizzou, um, but you know, like I said, when I started getting offers, I didn't have a Kansas offer yet. Um, Missouri called me one time and offered me, and they never they never called me again. It was like they didn't they never recruited me. Um, so that's kind of where it started. That's kind of where I didn't like them. Um, and then, you know, you just hear the former players' stories about games against Mizzou and, you know, uh, Coach Sell talk about it. So, you know, you knew the rivalry. Uh, and obviously my family was, you know, mostly Missouri fans, but they didn't recruit me. And, you know, when I liked them, so um, I stopped liking them, obviously. What's the story on you? Like, didn't you break a bunch of ornaments or something by on a Christmas tree because they were Missouri? Like, I remember something about this story, but I don't know the full story. Yeah, I've seen that story. Uh, I don't know. I was young. I guess my mom said I was breaking some ornaments. I don't. I don't really know. About nigga that been one. on Demon Town forever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I was too young. I forgot about that one. How do you know that? How do y'all get y'all information in y'all stories? How the fuck you know that? <laughs> I think that was like a Kansas City Star article. I don't even know. Yeah, it definitely came out in the article a couple times. People ask me that all the time. Is Slow there, news there anything, It might have just been. It might have just been my mom can... telling the story too. <laughs> mom got anything mom's you got share habit, with Mom got habits of uh, elaborating on shit, don't they? Yeah, she never holds her tongue ever. <laughs> What'd you say, Beatard? Um, TV. Is there anything you can share with us with what you said? Uh, said to Quanzo during the 2022 game, or is that off limits? Well, I uh, I complimented him a lot um, in the in the pregame in the pregame interviews. You know, everybody always asked me about him and Parker's relationship, and obviously that didn't go as planned. But uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely had some things to say, and it didn't help. I hit my first bucket on their side of the court, if you guys remember, right in front of them. So that kind of started it off. Um, then my next and one was right in front of the bench too. So um, I'm gonna blame that and just the positioning. Uh, but he definitely, you know, we talked a little shit. Um, but he was he was nice. He was he was really cool after the game, and he you know said some nice things about me. So um, I got myself off my chest, um, and we beat him by like 60. So it, you know, really didn't matter <laughs> to me. So CB earlier we were talking with Tyrell about like he hit a big shot on the road in Columbia in his career. You obviously. In 2020, oh gosh, you didn't play in the 
2022 game. I was going to say, do you wish you could have played a road game in Columbia to like those guys went on the road last year and just absolutely destroyed that team. Yeah. Like, do you almost think you would have enjoyed that more than the Allen Fieldhouse beatdown? Yeah, you know the uh, I just kind of like playing the away games more, like the Oklahoma game. You know, you hit a big shot at an away game to me, it's um, you know a better moment. Um, you know, so uh, I definitely wish I would have played in, in Columbia, or at least I, li- I wish we would have had our game that year, exact same blowout in Columbia. I mean, that would have been really fun. Well, it was a blowout last year, and, and we kind of got a guy like you that likes like hunter kind of likes being the villain mm-hmm. he likes like everybody booing him and he likes to produce and shut him up we're gonna go to indiana next saturday and big 10 people hate him like we, we went to we're in new york or where were we chicago playing kentucky michigan state fans stuck around and screamed and yelled at hunt because they hate hunter from his michigan days so He's kind of not – I don't think, Christian, you were like him, but you had some similarities and using the visiting crowd or the, the home crowd to your benefit. Yeah, I think, I think it'll make him play better. He'll play – you know, he'll play to that. But, uh, it's always I think it's than than that deserve, you know. Hunt's kind of got a perfect personality, like, to play at Kansas, I think. You know, I think the Kansas fans were going to love him from the beginning, and um, obviously he came in with that attitude, which really helps too. He like he keeps Greg. up with the history and stuff too. Like he's always plugged in with former like T Rob for example went live on Instagram earlier and he was in there talking to him and T Rob was like I need twenty and twenty from you Saturday. So this feels like a game that he'll obviously be up for, but he's it, this is a game he's going to thrive in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. So Greg, why do you you mentioned like Hunter loving the villain role? And I get, you know, he makes a three, he's going to yell, he's going to he's gonna do the thing, he's going to celebrate, he's going to talk his shit. But, like, why is he so polarizing? I don't really get it. Like, even when he was at Michigan, I never felt like I disliked him as a player. But, like, people, I remember I have a Kentucky friend that called me after. He was like, I hate that dude more than any other player Kentucky's ever played against. And I really just don't understand it. Well, it's kind of like, why did we hate? Grayson Allen, or why do we hate Christian Leitner? They just seem to have, like, if he's not on your team, you seem like, he seems like the kind of guy you just don't like. I I don't have a good answer to that, but it just seems like somebody you're not going to like, right? I I, I don't, I really don't. And and I'll be honest, I watch a ton of college basketball. In the last three years, I would watch Michigan. I wasn't a big fan of his. I was like, eh, he doesn't really do it. And I've told him that. And now, I mean, Works. Hey, yo, fellas, I got to get out of here. I appreciate all of you guys. See, Thanks, keep, doing, keep doing your thing, brother. Proud right, of you. Brother. I love you, bro. Girly, I think girly out of there. The rest of you guys, I appreciate y'all. Y'all be good, man. Appreciate right, it, Thank you. Thank you, Ty. I love that we just got Tyshawn just like walking. It was like a daily vlog from Tyshawn <laughs> getting ready in his apartment, just living, living his everyday Every day, where's he going this late? No, who knows? I don't even want to know. <laughs> probably go that who the girl he was yelling at on the phone at 2 a.m. every night you were with him, probably something like that. I heard, I heard that way too much. <laughs> CB, who is your roommate? CB or statue? I had uh, my roommates were uh, both dead. Can you hear me? CB and yeah, we're well, good. Yeah, we got no. you. 
CB's oh. good. Nah, uh, my roommates were, were KJ my last year. It was KJ and Kyle Cuff, uh, and Zach Clements. And then my the year before, the years before that, I had uh, Silvio, uh, Elijah Elliott. That's pretty much it. What is it like? You, I guess you guys weren't on the road, but like, what was it like the night after Silvio picked up that stool and he didn't do anything with it? People forget he did not do anything with it. But like, <laughs> did you talk to him like that night? That was just a wild move to pick up a stool. Well, if you know anything about Silvio. That's not Silvio, you know, like he's yeah. the sweetest, you know, nicest dude in the world. Like, so I think, you know, that situation, obviously you guys know, kind of tore him apart a little bit. Um, but I mean, he, it wasn't, it wasn't any different. Obviously he knew he was, you know, made a mistake and, but nah, he's, Silvio one of the coolest dudes I've ever been around. Like nicest guy and, you know, mm -hmm. wouldn't be like that. So it was kind of 10 seconds where, you know, he made a bad, bad decision, but um, definitely a fun, a funny moment. <laughs> Took Sorry about that. Drop it. Oh, you're good. Were you in the I, middle? Were you I, in the middle of talking? I was in the middle of talking. It said you, I didn't have it plugged in. I said my battery's low, and then it just shot. So apologize. <laughs> yeah. No, good. you're good. It's chaos in here. But uh, let's see. So trying to think what else we could get get from you, CB, before we before we let you go. But so you we were we were joking. I got a good. I got a good. I got a good yeah. question for CB. I love asking this. So, you know, good friends, my teammates that all played in the NBA. And playing in the NBA is amazing. Make a ton of money, a ton of experiences and all. And so, like, it's a business, right? And you had an unbelievable rookie year. You win a finals. It's a little different than most people's experience. How much do you miss being a Kansas basketball player and the love that our fan base, that our administration, that our support staff gives you, how different is it in the NBA compared to what it was like at Kansas? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a lot different. I mean, I, I was pretty fortunate, like you said. I came into an organization that, you know, we were we were winning already, so the the fan the fan support was good. But and then the finals, it was crazy. In the playoffs, it was crazy. Um, and that's the closest I think I've seen to a Kansas game. Um, you know, it was our final series. Um, but I tell our team, my teammates all the time, like. There, there's nothing like the field house. I've told all of them they need to go visit. Um, but, you know, just playing in there, it's like it feels like you don't have to, uh, you know, get up for every game because when you walk out, no matter what, you're going to, like, there's no choice. You have no choice but to get up. Um, and then, you know, you're playing for Coach Self, who, um, you know, for me growing up was like, you know, that's the only thing I want to do is play Kansas and play for Coach Self. So um, the atmosphere is definitely crazy um, at KU because you could play on a Tuesday night in Detroit, you know, in the NBA, and they're – People won't even make noise. You know, it's like, so you got to, you know, kind of get yourself into the game. But, man, playing at Kansas for me was was obviously amazing. And uh, there's 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 definitely nothing quite like, you know, playing an exhibition game against Emporia State and it's sold out, you know. So um, it's definitely a little different in Kansas. And then, obviously, these days yeah. I've been seeing recently, you know, are crazy. And I kind of feel like I'm missing out. Uh, I feel like I missed out on my senior year, too, for sure. And, and I see it to a degree, like, not everybody knows who I am, nor should they. Just the radio guy. I'm around a lot. But when they're gone for like 10 years and they come back, they act like we grew up together because they see a friendly face that they know loved them and, and supported them. And in your journey throughout your NBA career, not that people don't love you, not that people don't care about you, but it's a business. And 
you're never going to get that unconditional love like you do at wherever you went to college, right? Not yet, for sure. Um, you know, if I go back to Kansas, obviously, um, there tends to be a good crowd of people that, you know, know me and um, all supported me throughout, you know, whatever level it was in my career. So, um, you know, the love that I get from Kansas is amazing. And um, like you said, you know, I'll never see that anywhere else. Um, but I'm in a pretty fortunate situation in Denver where, um, you know, the, the, the interest in basketball here is, you know, is crazy and we're winning a lot. So um, it's been great. But now there's definitely nothing like, you know, going back to Kansas. And like I said, man, I, I haven't been back to the field house in a while. And, you know, you miss it. It's like, man, you feel like you're missing out on something every game, especially because Juan's still there and Parker's still there. And, um, you know, watching guys like Kevin. And you should never wait in a line at a bar, pay for a drink, ever. Correct? All bar owners in Lawrence, please understand. Mm-hmm. 100%. And have you bought a drink in Lawrence since you left Kansas? I, I never was a big bar guy when I was there. So I didn't, um, you know, didn't get into that much. But, um, in the, you know, when we won, I kind of went out a couple times and, I didn't have much trouble. I didn't have too much trouble getting in. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't too hard. It wasn't too hard. You, um, you three obviously played in different eras, probably different buildings. Um, what were, for you guys, I guess we could start with Greg since you're the oldest, um, but what were, like, the toughest, craziest environments you played in in the Big 12 or throughout the country or, like, an underrated environment? Uh the loudest place outside Allen Fieldhouse was Gallagher Iba Arena in Stillwater, Oklahoma. It only seated six thousand. These guys played when they they cut the roof off and and basically built an upper level. I don't know, ten fifteen years ago. But back in the day, it only went up like twenty rows, and it was loud. It was crazy. So Stillwater, and then the Hearn Center, just because of the the hate, the hatred and the and the just everything about it. Now it's Mizzou Arena, which is still pretty good. But Hearn Center, Hearn Center, and Gallagher Iowa were were the two for me. Yeah, for me, I'd probably have to say. Um, well, I never won at Oklahoma State. It was the only arena I never won at, so that was a a tough place to play. Um, I don't know if it was the loudest. I just don't think we we played great there um, in the two years that we played at Oklahoma State. Um, because we lost in 08 with a great team. So it wasn't like it was the fans or anything like that. It was just just that building we struggled in. Um, but probably K-State. I mean, K-State obviously always shows up when they play Kansas. Mizzou always felt like an NBA arena to me. Uh, it was just like too big for the amount of fans that they had and the, the type of fans that they had. Um, you know, their student section was good, but mainly just because they would just say a bunch of crazy things. And, uh, you know, it, it was fun to listen to, but... Uh, probably the loudest would be, I mean, I have to give my, to, to, to K-State. CB? Yeah, it was a little different. I think that uh, the years we put Oklahoma State, you know, weren't great. That team wasn't great. So, um, you know, that wasn't one. But I would say, like Tyrosa, you know, we played we played really bad at Texas. I don't think I ever got a win at Texas. Um, so we we struggled playing at Texas. Um, so I have to say them. And then the, I think the loudest um, and best energy consistently was Texas Tech. Um, you know, because that seems like it seems random, but man, like when we played Texas Tech and they were good the years I was there, man, the Texas Tech arena is kind of crazy. And then the K State was always good, K State was always good when we played there. Um, I don't know for every game, but it was it was always good when I played there for sure. 
one, one of the craziest records. One of the craziest records was when Bramlage opened. Kansas won, I think, twenty-seven games in a row from its opening. So we never lost there. They had good teams, but think about that. It was, in it their was building. Great. In their building, the first it might have been us I'm that saying, lost too. It, I'm saying twenty-seven, but it might have been twenty-five. Whatever it was, they made a T-shirt, which I thought was one of the greatest T-shirts ever. Once they won, because Tyrell played bad and and they broke the streak, they made a shirt that said. Nobody comes into our building and beats us 26 times in a row. <laughs> that is just, good. I actually like that. I was expecting the worst when you said they were making a T-shirt about beating us finally. Kind of a self-deprecating T-shirt, mm -hmm. which, again, I like. So if it wasn't for Tyrell, it might be 35 now. I, I don't even know what losing to Kansas State feels like, but I can't imagine that that was a good feeling. Hey, that was 2008. I wasn't getting any burn then, so I can't. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, that was I guess that helps, but that, that helps. was that was yeah, that was Mike Beasley and Bill Walker and Jacob Holland. They they were pretty good. Yeah, that's a good. They're good. Yeah, I don't know if CB ever had any Michael Beasleys on that those K State teams, but I don't know. K State had some decent years. Hey, man. Nigel Pack, Nigel Pack was a lot like Michael Beasley in that one game. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes! Wow, I forgot like, about that game. Like, what do you have in the first half? Like thirty in the first half or something like that? That was stupid. They put fifty points on. In the first half, that was insane. Dwan held Nigel to like five in the second half, though. Like whenever we the, we stopped uh, switching, right after Bill's dad had passed away, right? Yeah, we came yeah, back down like seventeen that game too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Ochai had a couple really big plays down the stretch that game too. I thought you guys would yes. say Ames for some of the atmosphere. I didn't. Ames is I guess Hilton Magic. I usually hear about Ames. Uh, yeah, it, it was good, but we've always had pretty good success there. Their fans. Might be the angriest bunch in all of college basketball. They, they got the worst. They got the worst locker room. Visiting locker room too. It is a bad. It is a bad. No, no. Uh, we had the worst locker room ever. Was in Hawaii this past week. But, but in the Big Twelve, in the Big Twelve, you're right, Ames. But their fans think that this is some massive conspiracy that the referees are all on our. They boo everything. They boo at the national anthem. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, the fan went after They're, Bill Self after Lodge had 39 in Ames. Do you remember his uh, name? Oh, yeah. Weatherwax? Can you say it? Mel Weatherwax? Mel Melvin Weatherwax. Melvin? I mean, what a guy. Name's Matt. That's a guy that sounds like he's going to attack uh, another team's coach. It's just that name. He was, he was an angry little dude. I saw that. <laughs> and then I was gonna, I was gonna say we've had Tyshawn on a couple times, and we just talked about the difference between Mizzou and K State fans. And I don't know if you guys can attest, but he kind of said K State fans weren't as disrespectful, um, but they were still creative. So I guess Tyrell and Greg, especially, talk about just those atmospheres um, and those two arenas, and how maybe they're different. Those fans. I mean, uh, they were pretty disrespectful. K-State was pretty disrespectful as well to some <laughs> of our guys. I mean, uh, I, I remember them saying stuff uh, about B-Rush when he, he just had a – I think he had a child at the time. Uh, they were saying some crazy stuff my freshman year. Um, I don't know. They were both pretty disrespectful, honestly, when I was there. And, and the T-Rob deal at Mizzou, I don't think you can get more disrespectful than that. No. Yeah. K-State, one of my freshmen, I think it was my freshman year, they were, we won, and they were, we ran in the locker room because we, we just shake hands and go. 
and they were throwing quarters or, or change, and it hit David Johanning, who is the tallest bar owner in Lawrence, Kansas, go to the sandbar uh, and see Big Dave. But Dave and Richard Scott were all in the locker room. They go, come back out. They're throwing change at us. Go fight. And we're like, there's 4,000 rednecks out there. I ain't going to. I am staying in this horrible visiting locker room and getting the hell out of this town. This is idiotic. And he came in with like a, a little cut on his forehead. But, but they, uh, I don't know. It, it, Missouri, like I said earlier, they were, I enjoyed them. I thought they were, they would do it with, you know, it was distasteful, but it wasn't disrespectful. It was just funny. And I like that kind of shit. And, and K State was fine. They, they do it more with, with, you know, they're, they're fine. They sometimes have some crazy signs, but hey, come down, field us. We all have we all have some fans like that. There's no question about it. It's not like we're perfect, and, and it's usually ten guys, not five thousand, and and the minority is always the loudest. So I don't I don't put too much into it. Like hate a fan base because of ten bad apples. Uh, yeah. For sure. Do you have uh, fan stories? No, I, I don't know that I have any. I would say the same thing, though. I think that, like, I, I've always, like, liked playing at these places, so I didn't hate the people. Like, you know, that made it fun. That was that was part of it, you know. Uh, so, you know, understanding that, I, I definitely like playing both places. Never had any complaints. But the K-State game, at the end, we definitely got into it with, with a couple of the fans. Uh, T-Hand was waving. I threw, I threw the ball to, a, you know, one of the guys there, man, and he didn't really oh. like it. Only that was a, a, a hilarious tweet. funny tweet in my whole career, I think. Christian threw a ball in the stands. What it was like, that. how disrespectful, how unclassy. He's like, dude, he threw a basketball at a basketball game. Like, what are you? <laughs> he said, he said, I called his kid a name or something like that. And I was like, no, I definitely was talking to you. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Greg and Tyrell. Uh, Tyshawn talks about just like those fan bases trolling like through cell phone or at the hotels and stuff like that. Did you guys deal with any of that or have any stories from So I'm 51 years old. I didn't get a cell phone until I was 26 <laughs> years old. So I, it wasn't when I was playing there, like Tyrell brought it up though. We'd be at that Holodome or whatever it was in Columbia <laughs> and in your, your phone would ring. We got smarter later in our careers, like we would just unplug the phone. But you, you get a call and it'd be like, Girly, I'm gonna kill you tomorrow, you stuck or whatever. <laughs> or they'd say something even dirtier than that. Uh, I guess it's a podcast, but whatever they said. And like the next day you'd hang up and the next day you'd be in layup line and they'd be like, Hey, it was nice talking to you last night, girly, you know, whatever, and you turn around and be like, Oh, yeah, it's that guy. So landlines which aren't a thing anymore but we had to deal with it was easier to police because we didn't have cell phones yeah that tyrell. i can't imagine like yeah my bad go ahead tyrell no i mean i was uh i was kind of locked up i had i'm married to my to my wife uh that, that i dated through college so no so none of the girls were getting my number so i was pretty uh and, and i also like that's the difference between you like I'm older. We had Twitter. Tyshawn obviously was always on Twitter, uh, <laughs> yapping and and making me run for it, getting in trouble. But uh, like Christian grew up in the social media area, where like it was 
crazy, like so much crazier with what people were saying to him than what they were saying to us. It was just kind of starting at that time. But, but for me, I was, I was too quiet. It was, n- nobody was ever really saying much to me. You were doing, you were doing homework on the road. I wasn't doing, and Ty, I, I was never doing homework. Tyshawn was <laughs> gassing that up. I wasn't, I wasn't sitting in the bedroom doing homework. I, I had that stuff done. I just had to sit in there and listen to him yell at his girlfriend back in New Jersey. <laughs> I I believe it. I was all I believe Christian, Christian, who was your roommate on the road? Uh it was my first year was Ochai. Uh and then when Dewan, you know, when Dewan started going on trips with us, it was Dewan from there on that. Who was your best exactly roommate? roommate for a while. You know Dewan better than anybody, C B uh growing up with him. This year is is that kind of a weird year. I don't know how much he called it. He still he still dominates a game with making one field goal. But Offensively, we need more out of him. But talk about his career, kind of really not many valleys. How, like out of nowhere, even though you knew how good he was, you were about the only one, right? Yeah, I mean, like nothing, nothing he does surprises you. Like he, he's been the same player, you know, since eighth grade. You know, played the same way, had the same mindset. Um, so nothing he does surprises me. I think that he picks his spots. Um, Definitely picks his spots a lot in games, especially this year. Um, but, you know, he wins. That's how he wins games. He's not going to change. You know, you're not going to change the guy. He's not going to go out there and shoot five threes next game because he's going to be more aggressive. Um, he's going to play the game, you know, how he wants to play and how he thinks, um, you know, he's going to win the game. Um, and that's what makes him good to me. So, um, there's definitely he's definitely a guy on Twitter that I see. And it's like, you know, you want to defend him all the time because you know how good he is. Um, but that's just how he plays, man. Like, he – he could run a second unit in the NBA right now and play the right way and defensively be okay in the NBA um, just based off of how good he is, how skilled he is, how good his hands are. Um, but sometimes, you know, people don't like it because he's not a, you know, a scoring point guard and that's what, you know, makes people happy. But I don't think you see the stats that you don't see Kevin McCuller getting triple doubles or, you know, Hunter getting 20 and 20 if DeWan came back and got the ball every time. So I think that in a way, I think DeWan's making pros. You know, he's letting he's letting Kevin get the ball and push it and make the plays himself. He's letting Hunter, you know, pound the ball. He's letting Omarco get downhill. Um, so, you know, he's, he's letting KJ make the plays. Like, he's making pros because he's so unselfish and um, the way he shares the ball. And he you see a lot of point guards, you know, uh, somebody gets the rebound, Kevin gets a, the rebound, and they want to run back to the ball and make every play. Well, DeWan's not doing that. And now, now you're seeing Kevin put up historic numbers. So um, I think a lot of that, you know, people have to thank him for that, in my opinion. <laughs> And I, I want to stay on the Dewan Harris appreciation chain. Like, it was one of the biggest risks for Kansas to take a kid academically. And it's one of the greatest stories ever, and I don't think we talk about it enough, how, you know, it just shows you that when you give a little bit of uh, support or a lot of support to a kid that's never had support, how much he's excelled because he was given a chance to play at Kansas – and CB, without this cat right here, Kansas doesn't have Dewan Harris because he fought for him. And, again, it's one of the greatest stories, and I think we need to do a better job of telling it because Dewan's not going to tell it because he's quiet. He's a deflector. But you, you know Dewan from forever ago. And, again, one of the greatest success stories ever because of college athletics. Yeah, I mean, in my in my opinion, I could talk for him, you know, about him for hours, um, but I think it is the greatest success story I've ever heard. Um, 
you know, the way, like you said, um, credit to Coach Self, you know, taking him and giving him the opportunity. And I think Coach Self does that for a lot of guys. So, um, you know, credit to him. But, um, you know, growing up with him, knowing how good of a person he was, um, I don't want to take any support away that, you know, his mom and his family members, um, his brothers, his sisters, you know, um, they love him to death. And, uh, you know, just how, how he changed, you know, where he was at, you know, came to KU and was a, you know, all academic guy. Um, has continued every every day, shows up to every practice, is on time, um, you know, does what he's asked and um, has lost family members while he's been at Kansas. Um, you know, he's gone through so much, like, none of us, none of us are even remotely, you know, as tough as him. Um, and, you know, Coach knows that and Coach respects that. Um, so what he's done is amazing. And, um, you know, just to continue to play unselfish the way he plays and, like I said, made me a pro, made Ochai a pro. Um, and, you know, he's been unselfish through all of his years at Kansas and, you know, all the years I've played with them. Um, when I met him, he was he was a big brother to me. People don't know that. Um, he was taller than me. And, um, you know, so, you know, he picked on me a little bit and kind of got me to where I was. So, you know, I'm grateful for him. Um, but just to see his toughness and the things that he's been through um, and then, you know, to be the best point guard in the country um, like he's been since he's been in seventh grade and finally get the recognition, um, you know, means the world to me. So. Um, just watching him do that, man, it, like, you know, it fills my heart. It fills my mom's heart, my family's heart. And, um, you know, he's a really good person, and he deserves everything he's got, um, you know, because he's. Wow. And, and, and Christian won't won't bang his own chest, and nor will, will Donnie and Lisa. But without the Browns, Dewan's not there either. So fantastic. Such, yeah. a, such a cool story. Tough, so tough, sorry tough, to, sorry to make tough. it sappy. Yeah, no, no we love team. it. He's done a lot for us too. I want, I want to make sure I point that out, man. Like I wouldn't be, you know, where I'm at. You know, he kind of took me under his wing, like I said when I met him. And um, so it definitely wasn't all me getting to Kansas, but um, he provided me with a lot of opportunity, um, you know, and a lot of love through those years too. CB, can you give us like the play-by-play of when he committed and how big of a part you were of that? Yeah, this is actually funny. So um, I think Coach was made aware of him. I think it was Coach Howard who was recruiting him at the time. Coach Howard asked me, hey, man, like, how close are you with DeWan? And I was like, you know, me and him have stayed together every summer for the last four summers, you know, so I'm very close with him. And he was like, man, do you think you want to come to Kansas? I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, like, what do you mean? Like, and he was like, you sure? Like, uh, and I was like, I bet you if I call him right now, he'll say yes. And uh, we're at practice, so obviously it's not right there. But I was like, I bet you if I call him right now, he'll tell you yeah. So I texted him after practice. And I was like, hey, Juan, I'm like, going to, I think I Snapchat him, whatever it was. I was like, hey. Hey, Juan, you want to come to Kansas? He's like, yeah. Like, how? How? Well, what, what do I need to do? And I'm like, all right, well, I'm, you know, I'm talking to Coach, and, you know, they like you a lot. Uh, you know, they like you. They want you. Um, and they just asked me about you. And he's like, all right, but, you know, keep me updated. Let me know, you know, what I, what I need to do. And then they went and watched him, um, you know, at Peach Gym. And he had, a, I think he had a triple-double first game and played really well. So, you know, they wanted him from there. So, um I didn't have to do much. You know, they are, they already like this skill when they asked me. But when I texted him, he, like, responded right away and was like, man, what do I need to do? I'm coming. Like, there was no convincing. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. So we've been talking, like, Dewan obviously already has a national title. He potentially could play two more years at Kansas with the COVID year. Likely will, I would think. But, like, he has a chance. And, Greg, you've seen a lot of teams, a lot of players. Like, he has a chance to go down as one of the most – I don't know what's the right word, but he could win. I mean, he could be a top five assist guy, a top steals guy, have multiple Final Fours, two national titles, multiple Big 12 titles. Like, 
where does that put him in the history of Kansas basketball players? If I mean, he's even, he's already going to be there, but another title or another Final Four, it's tough to beat. Well, I, I think where it gets a little uh, cloudy is so much people uh, talk about success by what they do in the NBA. Like Perry Ellis is one of the all-time great players at Kansas, not an NBA player. Doesn't make him a bad player. He just, I mean, CB knows better than anybody. There's guys that are really good in college. I mean, Drew Timmy isn't playing in the NBA. Oscar Shibway isn't playing in the NBA. It doesn't mean just because you have a – doesn't make you any less of a good player. And and I'm not – I don't want to foreshadow that Dewan doesn't play in the NBA, but I think if he doesn't have a career or a long career, that will hurt him. I'm a believer that he should go down as one of the top five all-time great point guards of the University of Kansas that is loaded – with great point guards, when you when you look at the Jock Vons, Kirk Heinrichs, Aaron Miles, uh, this is Dewan's uh, what sixth year in college. He is still four hundred and like seventy assists away from Aaron Miles. We forget like like why isn't Aaron Miles so considered one of the greatest of all time at Kansas? Because he didn't really play in the NBA very much, right? Aaron Miles yeah. was, I mean, he's borderline should be in the rafters. So. I'm kind of all over the map here, but I, I, I worry that Dewan will get put into that group, even though he won a national title. He's going to be in the top. Every point guard statistic, he's going to steals and assists, and then defense isn't a stab, but he's one of the best defenders ever at Kansas. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's almost a better question for CB. He's going to be biased, as he should be, but where would you put him, CB? Yeah, I think he's always going to be underappreciated. Um, I think that a lot of guys are like that that come through Kansas. Like, you know, for Marcus Garrett, you know, he might not have been a big statistical guy, but uh, was our, our best defender, um, you know, for however long he was there. And so, you know, the guys like that always are underappreciated because um, he's not the scoring guard, you know, that everybody yeah, wants. Yeah, dig the long ball. That's how it works. Absolutely. Yeah, I like scoring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But now he's going to be underappreciated, but um, – yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good players that have played there, but he's definitely up there. If you value winning, um, and, you know, and being a winner, then he'll definitely be top five in my opinion. And um, I, I think I've tweeted this before. He's definitely the greatest I've ever watched. And, um, he's my favorite. He's my favorite to watch. So, uh, now nah, he's he's amazing, man. It's cr- it's kind of crazy that he has a couple years left too, or another year. And, and he and more than likely he won't get his jersey retired because the odds that he's the Big Twelve Player of the Year or an All American. I don't know if the country has embraced him like we have. So uh, unlikely that he'll go up, but that's bullshit in my opinion. In my opinion, I don't, that is bullshit. I don't, I'm just, you just hey, don't I'm shoot gonna put that the out there. Relax, relax. No, I'm gonna put that out there. Okay, the no, rule or or the fact like I just don't, have I don't we like, ever have we ever changed that like ever put someone up there that didn't meet the qualifications. What do you have to be an All American, right? It's like Aldridge got All American, Big Twelve boy. Yeah, but that was a deal that if you were the academic All American of the year, you got up there. Uh, uh, it was a uh, well. Dewan might get up there then because I think he's a four O student too. Hey, there we go. There's our there's our our loophole. Uh, but uh, academic All American of the year, Big Twelve Player of the Year, most outstanding player in the Final Four, and then. Obviously, Big Twelve Player of the Year or whatever. So, uh, and there's there's some other stuff. I think 
And then obviously, there's one guy that can do it. You know, he can. Bill can make a decision. <laughs> yeah. That's what we were always saying with Dave. The title, like Dave, doesn't have those like accolades, but he has the most like memorable shot of that game to win a championship. So, like CB, as much as you love Ochai and all your teammates, who's the most outstanding player in the 2022 Final Four? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Dave. Yeah, but I mean, it was I think, crazy. I think we all kind of yeah. knew. We all kind of knew going in. Like, we had an understanding that. You know, he was going to get it. Uh, but not Dave. Biggest shot. What did he get? 20 and 10? 20 and 10, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I he mean, was really good against Nova, too. I know that wasn't really a close game. You hit the big shot late, but he killed against Nova, too. Yeah. No, nah, he, I mean, he was great. He was, like I said, every big game he played in, he, he was arguably our best player, you know? And Bill, yeah. Bill's stubbornness kind of helped. I mean, I remember you guys playing Dayton in that tournament. Um, and he went into Dave, and that's when Dave – KU Twitter really loves to melt down after regular season losses. But Bill went into Dave. Dave kind of fumbled it. Um, you guys ended up losing, but then he goes into Dave in the clutchest situations in the national title game and converts. CB, you remember you remember post-game in Orlando when we lost to Dayton, how much Dave took the heat. I mean, I, th- I, I don't usually feel sorry for you guys. I felt sorry for Dave that day. Yeah, no, no, yeah, he did. He did. That was, I mean, it was a bad loss, but if you remember, I got the technical. That started the, you know, 16-point run. And, and we, we, we lose the game. We, we lose the game, uh, and Coach comes in and, and blames me, and I'm like, she's like, I dunked all over him. What are you talking about? Like, you know? <laughs> He's like, and he, he was like, it's your fault, whatever. But, you know, Dave, you know, took the heat for that, but – you know, coach so what do you mean by took the heat in the post game? Like just Twitter, or like was it even the press and no, 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 no. Just, it was just locker room. Like when we go back yeah. to locker room, I go back to interview Bill. He's yelling at the team, and and Dave didn't have a very good game. And, and oh. CB, you remember it? I mean, he, he yelled at all of you, but I, I remember feeling bad for Dave. And I usually again don't feel bad for you guys. Well, he gets it, he gets it from coach, and then he goes on Twitter and gets it from everybody else too. That's you know. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that, that was bad. Help. That was bad. So, okay, we gotta, we probably gotta let you guys go. This has been amazing, but I got one more question. I want to hear about this current Kansas team. We talked a lot about the one. We talked a little about Hunter Dickinson. We didn't even get into Kevin McCuller and the season he's having. But like, I want to hear from each of you guys about, and don't just be biased and say, "Oh yeah, you know, I think they're great." Like, do you? What type of expectations do you have for this team? Do you truly think they can go out, win a national title, make a Final Four, win the Big 12 title, have that typical Bill Self year? Is there anything that makes you think that maybe doesn't happen? Oh, Greg getting in trouble. No, I'm saying hi. Mrs. Gurley. She wanted to know what I was doing. I got I got Christian Brown, Tyrell Reed. Remember those weird guys that went and did their podcast and that haunted <laughs> yes. those guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm He's sorry, Tyrell, legend. go ahead. He's a legend for that. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate. You know, I get to be around, like Christian knows, I get to be around the guys a lot. Um, you know, definitely from like a healthcare standpoint, and I get to spend a lot of time with the guys that way. Um, and, you know, just seeing the, the guys this year um, – you know, of course, I think we, we have the pieces to, no doubt, run the Big 12, win a national championship. I mean, obviously, it's six games in March, but I think our margin for error is probably less. We've got to, you know, stay healthy. 
we've got a great core group of guys, you know, and I think we have an opportunity for, you know, some of our bench players to really step up um, and, and to kind of unload some of that on, on our starters. Um, but I mean, we've got the best coach in basketball. We have arguably the best point guard in basketball, uh, the best big man in basketball, the best wing. I mean, and then we got KJ who, so the, I, I think the sky is still the limit with this team. Um, it's always national championship robust at Kansas, and we want it to be that way. But um, I think our margin of error is just a little bit smaller. Yeah. What do you think, CB? I think I, I, think I agree. Um, you know, any team, we got, you know, like you said, we got the best player almost every position. Um, and then, like you said, we've been looking for that fifth guy. But I just think that people are worried about the shooting a lot. Um, I think Kev's shooting the ball well. Uh, you know, Hunter's shooting the ball well. Dewan's going to shoot when he's open. Like, I don't, I don't worry about that as much. I just wish the – I want to see somebody be aggressive on that fifth spot. Like, you know, you see Jamari. If if El Marco played half as hard as Jamari, I think, I think they're going to be in a really good spot. And that takes him a second, man. He's young. Uh, it's not going to happen right away. You're going to have to let him, you know, play through some stuff. But I think that if, if that fifth player can just be a guy who plays really hard and, you know, hits a shot here and there, I think that that's what they need. Um, but, you know, it, it takes a second. I don't want to put, you know, too much pressure on those guys right now. It's early. Um, but Coach will definitely have them ready. I, I don't I don't think that, you know, come come March that there will be a team better than them, in my opinion. And it doesn't take a rocket science to figure this team out. I mean, we all know ball. We all know what we are. CB was with us in Puerto Rico. We saw how we played against pros. And, and there's definitely some things that we need to get better at. I think we're a very good defensive team, but we've got four really good defenders. And when you don't have five that you can trust, it's hard because, you know, Kevin, KJ, and Juan are great. Hunter is above average, but in that fifth spot, El Marco's young. CB just said it. But but he can be one. But he can be one. It's going to take, like you said, he's going to have to play through some stuff. He's going to, we're going to have some growing pains. Murphy is really good. I have really liked what he brings to the table, his athleticism. He's just has a slight build. He, he's going to get beat around a little bit. He's immature, but he's got a really good basketball IQ. He can shoot it. He's as good of an athlete as there is on the team. So saying our margin for error is very slim is the exact right way to put it. Uh, we shot the ball great against UConn, but I don't think we're going to be this is by no means Svee, Malik, and Devontae. This is, you know, when Kevin shoots the ball well, he's a pro. Like, he's a great defender. He's great off the bounce. He's smart. And his biggest stumbling block is going to be shooting the ball consistently. And he can make a living in the NBA, I would imagine, CB, because of his intangibles. But the longevity of his career is going to be predicated on how he shoots the ball. The other okay. night, he won. He single-handedly won the game for us against UConn because he shot it well. If he does that, he's one of the best guards in the country, and we're an entirely different team. The national championship team, CB, how many guys played in the national championship game? Seven. Yeah, I know I played. That's, I was I was just about to say that. Like when it comes to a big game, and you know Parker knows this. I've talked to him about this. Like when it comes to a big game, coach is only going to play six, maybe seven, if he has to. Like. So, you know, it's always been that way. Whenever El Marco or Furphy figures it out, like this team's going to be really, really good. Like, you know, and, and we're going to, yeah, 
And, and the thing that we could struggle with, we don't want to knock on wood, injuries are going to be killers for us because we don't have a bench. We just we have nine scholarship guys. That's it. That's it. And and uh, we we have to stay healthy. And that's that's not some crazy smart statement. Anybody can see it. But that's, Numbers that's are low. Thing, I think every coach cell team is like every big game. You're only going to play six or seven players. Uh, and you know the guys that you know are you know one through five. We're going to play 36 minutes. You know, like like you said, yep. national championship game. I play 40. Um, so you know, it's not like you need people. It, it's funny if you read the KU Twitter stuff. Like people are like, man, we're we're so worried about depth, and we're looking for this eighth and ninth guy. There is no eighth and ninth guy in a big game. <laughs> there is yeah. no like like whenever I was whenever I was in school, people were on Twitter saying that uh, J. Cole and Joe Yesifu need to start over me at this time of the year. Like, this is this is an every year. I totally story. agree with that. I think they should have. <laughs> I'm serious. I have bookmarked tweets of people saying that those guys need to start over me at this time of the year. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. it happens every year. You're going to go through it. And then when conference play comes, you're going to see who's who's what during conference play. One of those guys is going to figure it out, and we're going to have a six- or seven-man rotation going into March, yeah. and we're going to win a lot of games. That's just how it goes every year. Yeah, and, and I think this year more than any, Bill's going to have to have a lot more plays because I don't think we have as many playmakers. CB could get his own shot. Jay Will could get his own shot. Remy could obviously get his own shot, and obviously Ochai. Right now, we got to set stuff up. KJ ain't getting his own shot unless he really works for it. Kevin is like the one guy. Hunter, if he gets good position, but they could double. Dewan is passive. So – our schemes are going to have to be that much more important and box sets, plays to get guys in a position to score. Because, again, CB could take over with eight on the shot clock, and that's how you win national championships. They, they don't they don't know how to play out of a double team yet, though, Greg, at all. Like, whenever I know. whenever Hunter get, got doubled in Hawaii, they look lost. Like And it's it, like I said, it's early. They probably haven't seen that yet. Marquette's a good team, but it's like whenever Hunter gets doubled, you know, they didn't know the rotations at all, and I think that's why they lost that game. But – yeah, and, and if, I'm, if I'm if I'm coaching against Kansas, what would you do? I'd triple team Hunter Dickinson, and I would not let Hunter Dickinson get twenty eight and twenty. I would make and and you might lose the game by allowing Kevin to shoot ten threes, but you might not. You're gonna lose if Hunter goes fifteen of eighteen from the field. I guarantee you that. It's it's weird because some a lot of their struggles. Um, I'm not gonna say that we that we have struggles with that stuff, but like. The Nuggets have we have a similar offense because we play through Nikola, similar to a, you know, they play through Hunter, and we have a four man that doesn't shoot threes, you know, as much. And Aaron, so like when I was in Puerto Rico, I'm like, man, KJ, like, go watch Aaron Gordon, because you know all Aaron Gordon does because people play off him, he hands it off and sets uphill DHOs, you know, and now it's a party at the rim. Like they just haven't figured that out yet, um, and that you know that coach will figure that out, and that the, the guys will figure it out. They're gonna shoot open threes all the time, but they gotta they gotta figure out how to play through Hunter. And I don't think that um, you know those guys that play with the big that's that, that's that good yet. To be honest, yeah. And welcome to college basketball, the new era when you have so many new guys. Hey, it's December seventh or whatever it is. It ain't gonna happen by December seventh. It's gonna. There's a lot of chemistry, and that's why Puerto Rico was so good for us. CB solid in per- person. We got a lot. We got really good games against good competition. And started to learn, and it's still going to take time. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I mean, I wonder, we... um, can I ask one more? I would. I was just wanted to talk about Bill developing players, like how freaking good he is. Because obviously, twenty twenty two, Oates pretty much made a post on social media that he was gone. He ends up coming back, um, All American. J Will. I remember Bill talking before the season, like we need J Will to be an All American type player, first team All American. This year, Kev was all but gone. Kev comes back, going to be an All-American, first team, second team, whatever. Um, how freaking good is he at developing and what makes him so good at just developing players? The longer they stay, they become All-American type players. I think, I think. Uh, I mean, he's he's obviously really good at developing players, but, um, you know, when it's your turn, coach understands that. You know, when you've waited four years and, you know, you waited your turn, how Ochai waited his turn, um, you know, when those guys wait their turn and it's, it's their senior year, Coach has so many really good sets, um, you know, to get th those guys buckets. And, uh, you know, they've played in the system for that long and, that you know, they know what he likes. And so obviously he's good at developing players, but I think that, you know, when it's those guys' time, Coach respects that, um, and, you know, those guys get a heavy dose of plays. Um, so I think that, you know, he's doing a really good job of that. And like I said earlier, I think it's an underrated thing, you know, how, uh, you know, how DeWan is helping these guys because he's, he's getting these guys in the right spots. You know, he, you know, gets the ball to them where they like it. Um, and he's so unselfish with his stats. It's like, man, if your point guard only gets three points and three rebounds and five assists, then Kevin is going to end up with 20 points and, you know, 12 rebounds and, and six assists. So I think DeWan's part of that too. Well, I think the best recruit we got this year wasn't Hunter Dickinson, even though that was a huge deal. It was getting Hunter Dickinson, but the best recruit was getting Kevin McCuller to come back because this team yeah. is entirely different if Kevin doesn't come back. And I think history helps Bill a lot because, like CB said, Ochai got all the information from the NBA, and it was negative because if it was positive, he wouldn't have come back. They, had, they told him things he needed to work on, he absorbed it. He came out, was the MOP of the Final Four and a national champion and a lottery pick. Jay Wells sees that, got the exact same information. He gets better, has an All-American season, doesn't win a national title, but Kevin McCullough sees that. So Bill gets a lot of credit, and it's well-deserved, but he also has the ability, and CB and Tyrell can talk to this better than I because I didn't play for him, even though I, 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 I know how he works. He's great at, at proving to everybody that the, the pie is big enough for everybody to get a slice, to be super cheesy about it and sacrifice. It, it, you, you're not going to win it all without role players. CB doesn't win it if, if, if J. Cole and Mitch Lightfoot aren't doing what they're doing. It takes everybody, and Bill's a master at getting those guys to believe that. And whether it's true or not, he convinces you to believe, right? Yeah. And I love it because he's always right. Like, he, he's just one of those guys that he can back it up because he's been right about it all And please time. don't ever show this to Bill because we can't afford his head getting any bigger <laughs> and being all this positivity flowing because he's always super negative to me and makes fun of me, and here I am kissing his ass. So please don't show him the nice things that I say about him. Can we, you promise me that? Yes. We'll promise that yeah. only if you get him on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> he doesn't come on my, he doesn't come on my <laughs> podcast. This year. Yeah. He's CB, a tough kid. Um, how, how close was Jay will to go in pro? 
after his junior year? Um, I don't. I don't think. I think that. Uh, I think even with the Kevin situation, I don't think that they're that close. To be honest, because you get a, you get a, like you get to get a lot of feedback. Like Greg said, like you get a lot of feedback from those guys, and typically, you know, like whenever I, I put my name in it, uh, my sophomore year, it was, it was like it was quick. I knew like, all right, this isn't where I want to be. Um, you know, this isn't where I want to get drafted, so I need to come back. So you know that pretty early. Um, but I will say that the NIL stuff definitely had a big influence, like has a big influence now. And I think it's a good thing because, you know, Kevin, knowing that he's going to get, you know, paid coming back, made it made it a very clear like, oh, I don't need to go to the NBA. I can stay here, make my money, take an extra year. And if you guys have paid attention to like the draft stuff, I mean, they got Kevin flying into the top 20 right now. So uh, I think they ha- I think they have one come out today on Bleach Report. He was 15. Uh, so you know he he waited. He he's in the perfect draft, um, and I think I think Kevin's an underrated underrated pro too. I think I know you said something about that too earlier, Greg. I think he's an underrated pro. He does all the things that the NBA wants. He's long. He's a wing. He can dribble. He can make plays, rebound, um, and, and defend. So I think he's he's going to be a good pro. And that's one thing we haven't talked about. I'm glad CB brought it up. He kind of you got the CB got the benefit of NIL, but it's nowhere near. Like when he was playing, it, there was opportunity, but there wasn't as much money. I don't believe yeah, it wasn't even close. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm saying at least it was there. It's way better now, and I know you don't want to hear that, but it's, oh, no, it's it's a space that I work in on a daily basis. It is way better, which, again, hey, if somebody's got a right to be pissed. It's guys like me and Tyrell. We didn't hit – like we couldn't get an extra uh, – uh, Freaking bowl of pasta, or we get suspended. It was ridiculous. Yeah, right. So I don't want to hear your sob story, CB. <laughs> you got your your stipend. You got all your other stuff. Uh, these guys are, are getting, especially at a place like Kansas, they're doing a lot better, and it will have some impact on guys coming back. It's yeah, it's yeah. important now. Very Imagine important. who would sponsor Greg Gurley. NIL companies would sponsor Greg Gurley when he was in college. Bullwinkles. Wheel, mm-hmm. uh, twins, yacht club, bull, off, <laughs> wheel, the highest paid uh, player in Kansas history. All no doubt. those companies. Uh, well, guys, this was this was so awesome. I we put this together in like I don't know three hours today, so it's unreal that you guys were all able I to come on and less. do this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're not. <laughs> Greg's been to our old school studio. We are not the most prepared guys. But CB, don't don't go to their studio. Trust me. Oh, we're gone. We're out of there. We're done. Yeah, it's a virtual world now. Yeah. Do what? There. You guys are all gonna be at the game? I think so. I'm thinking about going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, T Rob is his jersey retirement for sure. Yeah. That's CB nice, that that'd be nice to be in the field house, man. What when, when do you play again? You're going, aren't you? Oh, breaking news. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I want to. We're, we might be off on, on Saturday, so that'd be pretty cool. But I kind of I, – I have a, a, you know, important job I have to uh, be here for. So we'll like, well, well, fill me in. What What do you – I might I might be able to help. Are you off on Saturday? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. It's going to be a close call, Greg. Well, let me know. I will. I will. I, I, talk, I, already, talk, I already talked to Angie. Me, me and Coach already, you know, talked a little bit, so – we're figuring it out. Wow. Greg, do you know anyone around the program that could maybe help uh, 
someone like me get in the building for the game. <laughs> so we go from Christian Brown. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's let's like, talk about the important people here. Let's get B turn there into the stadium, please. Yeah. NBA go find a way. Or you. B turn's gonna have better seats than all of us somehow. I don't know oh, how he'll make it happen. happen. Yeah, it's unreal. Hey, you know what I you know what I admire is that you ask. Exactly. <laughs> it's what I always say. It's just asking. That's why he gets all that shit. He was sitting, Greg, and I'm sorry to keep this going. On National Championship Monday, it was Paul Pierce, (laughs) Jeff Boshi, all these Kansas greats, and freaking B-turn in the middle of that player's pit. I will never understand it. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. The guy, I don't know how he does it. (laughs) Proud of you. I respect it. I'm mad at you. I mean, I may not tell you yes, but I respect it. (laughs) It'll be a yes at some point. You just got to keep asking. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for for joining. And uh, we've already got in the chat over here, people are calling this like an all-time great pod, all-time great night. People have just been sitting here for two hours listening, and that that's amazing. Well, so me, we appreciate it. I, I, I know I'm not supposed to promote other podcasts, but Wayne Simeon and I do our podcast, the Jayhawker podcast. We just did one today. We didn't have the – it was just me and Wayne today, so it wasn't all this, but, but check it out. I love your guys' stuff, and don't ever invite me back to that whatever horror movie crap studio yet. Horror <laughs> movie. Yeah, I told, I told everyone in here it was going to be five, ten minutes. We just need five, ten minutes of your time. We're here two hours. I'm looking at one hour and 56 minutes and 29 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tyrell's been here basically the – I guess Greg has too. You all got here this early, that early. So Greg man. was here right when Ryan said, "All right, folks, what's good?" And I didn't. I felt weird like not putting him in right away, but we had to kind of like talk about our thing really quick, and then. I think, wow. yeah. love it. All right, so, be, I'm good. All right, y'all. Yeah. All right, yeah. y'all. Thanks, guys. Chop. See you guys. Well, should we wrap it up? I mean, we're still live. If you're just now joining. We are, like we said, this is our new YouTube channel. We're going to have a new podcast feed. That means our old episodes are still sitting out there. You can still go listen. They're never going away. But we have a new feed. So you got to, once we get that out, we'll tweet it out. We'll get it going. But the main thing right now, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Tell all your friends that you just listened to Greg Gurley and CB and everyone talk for two hours. We'll get this episode out soon. Hilarious. This was great. I loved it, boys. And this is exactly why we wanted to go out. We wanted to be independent. We wanted to just do creative, crazy stuff um, like we somehow pulled off tonight. So this was great. Thank you all for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, B-Turn, AB, you guys got anything? Uh, just a big one. Big one at the Fieldhouse Saturday. Huge rivalry. I know kind of th- some of that juice is gone, obviously, from them going to the SEC. But still, all the stuff that happened between – like I said, Quantrill and all that, like you always have that hatred in your heart for Mizzou. Hearing it from these players just validates it. Like the 2012 games, 2012 games, I guess, but the game at the Fieldhouse, like that's one of the most historic days in Allen Fieldhouse history, and that building is one of the most historic of all time. So pumped to play them again. Hopefully we shit pump them again, and um, I'm, I'm just ready to see what the building looks like and Hunter Dickinson playing at the Fieldhouse against – Arrival, he's probably going to be going nuts after every bucket. So can't wait to be in there Saturday. Only thing I got, thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe. Helps us a lot. Brand new channel. We got to build it up. Um, but 
like Ryan was saying, we just we like doing creative shit like this where seven guys can be on the podcast at once and just talking back and forth and it doesn't feel like it would work, but we make it work and we like to make it work. So more if of that Tyshon, coming. Go ahead. If Tyshawn Taylor wants to walk around his apartment and just do chores while he talks on our podcast, we're going to let him do it. Yeah. Who cares? I loved it. <laughs> Hilarious stuff. So, yes, thank you guys for listening. We will be back uh, next week. Thank you all for chiming in the chat. Hilarious stuff over there. Um, but, yes, we'll be back next week, hopefully recapping an absolute shit pumping of Missouri. Rock shock. Yeah.